Hi, my name is Sky, and welcome to Reluctant Growth. I have renamed my podcast to reflect my story and what I want to do a little bit more authentically. It was called The Bimbo Podcast, and the reason that I named it The Bimbo Podcast is because I've always felt like people treat me like I'm stupid or, you know, I've been slut-shamed for things I've never even done or just being a woman, you know? Um, You're always called mean names, and I wanted to kind of poke fun at that and be part of the joke. That's why I called it The Bimbo Podcast. I still think The Bimbo Podcast is an amazing name, Um, (laughs) but I wanted a little bit more of an inclusive name for everyone on a journey to become their best selves. I knew I didn't want to rename it like the Green Juice Podcast or like the Skinny White Girl Who Does Yoga Podcast. Um, or like a weird Tony Robbins thing, like, um, like the Bitcoin lion or like relentless, relentless Bay street guy (laughs) podcast (laughs) who lives weights, uh, who knows about investing and shit. Like I didn't want to name it anything in genuine. And anyway, so my friend Georgia, who's the most badass cool like sports agent she's just so fucking cool she's so hot too um she lives in new york and she told me to name it reluctant growth as a joke and it was perfect and i thought to myself like this is the perfect name and i told her she's like well i meant it as a joke but okay (laughs) and it's perfect and so now it's called reluctant growth and the reason that it was perfect to me and the name was perfect to me is because I think as human beings, we don't really have an option not to grow and be happy. Like if we're always striving to get a little bit better at something and we feel proud of ourselves because we just got that little bit better. If you can manage to grow, you will be happy. And I've always felt like in my own life, when I stop, when I stop thriving, it's always because I'm not growing and I have nothing new to challenge me. The reason that it's reluctant is because of course, any change is extremely uncomfortable you know, there's nothing stopping us right now. There's nothing stopping you right now if you're unhappy with your life from changing it. But it's so hard. Like it's like paralyzing, paralyzingly, I don't even know if that's a word, paralyzingly hard. It's so hard. So why is it so hard? And I think that maybe it's okay if it's really fucking hard. And that's why we're reluctant. So that's why it's called reluctant growth. We may be scared sometimes, but we have to be brave and just go for it. But it's okay to be reluctant too. I once read a quote that said, a ship at sea, if moved just a few degrees of trajectory, will end up in a totally different destination over time. So even if you move a ship like three inches, you know, my Taekwondo teacher used to always say shit like this, but it, it's true. If you, if you move a ship like three inches, uh, you know, to the right or left, by the time it reaches its destination, it could be on a different continent. And even the smallest change in our own life in the right direction can make you so much happier in the long term. But I sound like a high school valedictorian speech, but it's my truth. <laughs> so this is my sober journey. Ugh. Talk. I hate talking about this. It like makes me really, really, um, makes me really uncomfy, but I think it's so necessary. So I'm putting my uncomfiness to the side. I'm being brave and not reluctant and what's called reluctant growth. Okay. Over a year ago on my 27th birthday, I decided to change my relationship with alcohol. 
Um, this was the most terrifying, rewarding thing I have ever done. And I did it just fully for me and my own life. I have changed so much as a person as a result. In some ways, I haven't changed at all. But in a lot of ways, I've changed. So when I first got sober, I was looking for resources and people's stories. And I know how impactful it is uh, knowing you're not alone when you recognize that alcohol is stopping you from living your best life. I would also love to help people just cut back on alcohol, not necessarily quit altogether um, or just quit anything in their life that they feel like is holding them back from who they really are or what they really want to do. No one really talks about how cringy and vulnerable improving your life actually can be. Um, We kind of have this like eye of the tiger champion mentality or you're a loser mentality But there have been so many times in improving my life that I feel like an absolute loser. Um, So many. And no one talks about the fact that like when you become a better person or a more truthful person to who you are, who your soul is, um, your old self is like the fucking cringiest thing ever, but you're also not sure about who you are now and you don't want to be judgmental to your old self. Anyways, I had to delete my Snapchat because the memories and reminders of me being drunk, like trying to get a guy's attention that didn't even like me was like fucking torturing, torturous. And I had to delete. Okay, so why did I get sober? Um, I had been living in Toronto for a few years. Um... And, you know, I went to like EFS and Lost and Found and all the clubs when I was in my early 20s and it was super fun. And then as I matured, I found like maybe on my days off from bartending, I wouldn't necessarily go to the club, but I would have a few glasses of wine with the girls and watch 90 Day Fiance. If I was hanging out with a guy and stayed in, you know, we'd cook dinner, we'd have a glass of wine. Um... Just like with the nights out, I would pretty much get just as drunk, but it would be at home doing mature, like there'd be candles lit and everything would be super clean. So I'd be like, I'm so mature, but I was still drunk. My identity, I feel like as a woman was kind of linked in to drinking to a degree. Um, When I imagined a powerful woman, I imagined her with like a martini in her hand I associated romance with like a glass of red wine in Venice and I could never celebrate anything without, you know, a bottle of champagne, a glass of champagne. Um, And I don't think that's just me. I think that our culture is so enveloped with alcohol and it's leaked into every aspect of our life. Everything I did that was fun kind of surrounded around alcohol. My life surrounded around alcohol. Spin classes, had mimosas brunch with Bailey's, wine, cooking nights, everything. And you see it all around. It wasn't just me. It was, it's literally our society. So when I first quit drinking, I did it like little challenges. I'd go about six weeks without it, then drink for a night, then go another six weeks um, and then have a glass of wine at Christmas. But every time I drank and take a, took a break from my little challenges, I felt like absolutely terrible. <laughs> I just didn't feel like myself and I couldn't believe how much better I felt sober. The first three months were super, super hard emotionally. I think I used alcohol to be like a tough girl from a lot of like really hurtful objectification that happened early on in my acting career. Extreme sexual harassment that happened before the Me Too movement in my acting career in theater school. And um, 
I kind of thought that that was just like part of being a woman and you tough it out and like, you know, all of the bullshit. So I drank a lot because of that. And I, when I got sober the first few months, I was like, holy shit, I've been numbing a lot of painful feelings with this. Around this six month mark of my like sort of sobriety, reluctant growth, (laughs) um, I read Holly Whitaker's book, Quit Like a Woman. And this book changed my life and really helped me stay sober. I would recommend it to anyone who wants to cut back on alcohol. Basically, Holly discusses the binary of drinking culture and how we kind of say that someone's an alcoholic or they're fine. Um, But that's not true. Like you can be drinking too much, have a drinking problem, or even just not want to drink because it's unhealthy. That's a good enough reason to not drink. It is unhealthy. Um, Society's made it so our lives revolve around this drink that is so fucking unhealthy. Like, it's crazy. Mentally, physically, every aspect of it. Spiritually, everything. It's bad for you. No amount of alcohol is good for your health. It increases your risk of cancer because it causes free radicals. It is a toxic substance that is bad for you. Your liver, kidneys, skin, your organs suffer. People who drink have smaller brains... And it is poison, period. It's crazy to me, like Holly Whitaker pointed this out in her book. I seriously recommend it to everyone that alcohol is ethanol, which is poison. And we just drink it and consume it in the masses in society. I really do think that drinking is the smoking of this generation. And especially with millennials, I notice in Gen Zs, it's not as cool among them. But I think as a millennial... It is really cool with us and it's a huge part of our culture. You know, on One Tree Hill in the OC, all of our idols growing up drank a lot. We drank a lot in high school, um, in Edmonton and in university. And it's just a huge part of our culture, the mommy wine culture, everything. So here are the biggest ways getting sober changed my life. Okay. The friend thing is the hardest thing. If you're wondering, like, man, like, but Sky, I, I've always kind of wanted to quit or, like, I want to cut back or I want to quit, but I might not have any more friends. Honestly, like, that is a reality. A lot of people aren't going to accept you sober. I had one of my friends. We went out for dinner and she dropped me off after, like, the first few weeks I was sober. And she's like, let me know when you drink again. And I was like, okay. We're not friends anymore. Yeah, but... Anyways, you're you're you are gonna fucking lose some friends. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say that everyone's gonna accept you for being your sober self. They're not. You are gonna make some way more dope friends, but some friends just aren't gonna. Some drunk friends are gonna accept you too. Some friends who stay up all night doing blow and are party people and like they might have a problem, they're gonna accept you. It's it's weird. You can't predict it. You're gonna just have to see who accepts you and who doesn't. Okay, my personality did change. Uh, so I've been drinking pretty much since I was like 18, since I was 16. Like, I was drinking. Um, when I first quit drinking, I felt like sobriety was my only fucking personality trait. Like, I would be like, I'm sober, I'm sober, I'm sober. No, I can't, I'm sober. Like, and the reason that it felt like my only personality trait, to be honest, is because drinking was my only personality trait for a while. Like, for a few years there, drinking was my only personality trait. <laughs> I did feel scared I wasn't going to be fun anymore. And again, that fear was true because I wasn't I wasn't fun anymore. Like, I'm never going to dance on a table and, like, 
fucking make out with a random guy. I'm never going to be as fun as I was in 2018 ever again in my life. I, like I'm fun, but in a, I'm like safe fun. I'm like a safe person you can trust, you could be around. Am I like twerk on the bar fun? No, I'm not. I'm not, you know, and I want to go home at 10 o'clock and do my skincare routine and go to bed. And that's fine. But yeah, I did fucking change and I am less fun in some ways. Am I a more positive person? Yes. But am I more fun? Hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. No. Yeah, no. A lot of my anxiety is gone though. Like, man, I used to have fucking panic attacks. All of, all of it went away when I got sober. It really did. Like all of a lot of my mental health issues were caused by alcohol. They just were. So, if you know. Um, okay, I got better looking. And this is a weird one. Okay. I've lost so much fucking weight being sober. And I know weight loss is triggering. So trigger warning, weight loss. But I eat so fucking much, dudes. Like, I eat so much. And the honest reason is, and I learned about it scientifically because I was like, what the fuck is going on? Basically, your liver can't um, metabolize fat if it's metabolizing toxins at the same time. Ethanol, alcohol, is a toxin. So when you're drinking, even if you're losing weight, you can't lose that much weight because your liver is like, nah, dog, I can't process this fat. I have other shit to do. So if you stop drinking, I think I'm explaining this right. If you stop drinking, your liver will go on overload and be like, fuck yeah, let's get all this toxic. Because fat, fat stores your toxins. Your toxins are stored in your fat. So fat, your fat, when you start to lose it, it goes through your liver and your liver is like, fuck yeah, I'm going to process all this fat. And you lose so much weight and your skin glows and you look so fucking good and your hair is so long and it's amazing. It's the best thing ever. Um, I'm a, such a vain person. I'm not going to lie. And I feel so much better now that I quit drinking. <laughs> I feel like I've never looked better and I'm 28. I'm approaching 30, blah, blah, blah. And I've never felt better about the way I look. Um, I'm scared of Botox and fillers and, and that shit at the moment. I'm not against it. I'm just a little scared of it for myself. And But I don't want to get wrinkles yet. I'm not ready. And so it's like been the perfect in-between. But most importantly... I have figured out who I am on a way deeper level and some of my own dreams have manifested. I honestly like, yes, I've had some bumps in my podcast and stuff and like, oh my God, who am I? But I never would have stuck with it if I had been drinking. Let's be honest. I'm signed to an amazing talent agent and out of Edmonton, I've gotten auditions that I never would have thought possible for me. I fully had given up on my acting dream. Um... So yeah, like life can be a little less distracting and you have like maybe a little less friends and social time and you don't feel, I think like when I worked on King Street and I was drinking all the time and partying, I felt kind of like important for no reason and I felt that instant validation and I felt like I was living my life for other people even though I wasn't doing anything positive for other people. Like I was living my life for other people but I wasn't helping anybody. I wasn't helping other people. I, but I wasn't helping myself. I wasn't being true to who I am. So I just, I think I was like not so much addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to the, like the validation and feeling cool for not really doing anything. Um, and how instant that is and feeling accepted and how alcohol culture, like I felt accepted at the bar. I felt like 
people liked me and I belonged and and that was really hard to let go of I'm never gonna lie about that the friends thing is definitely the hardest now I have made some new friends and I still keep in contact with more of my drunk friends um and it's been amazing who's joined me on my journey quitting drinking is super hard but the rewards are just so rewarding the rewards are rewarding Um, And I do think it's like a cheat code to life. It is difficult some days um, when hard things happen. You have to deal with them in real life, but it's so worth it. So I can't wait to continue this journey with all of you. And welcome to Reluctant Growth. And I will see you later with a guest. So thank you.